Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? And we have begun. See if that works better. Yeah, that's better light right there. All right. Here we go. Um, Big, 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 big shout out. Uh, we're first of all we're we're in uh, Pleasanton, Pleasanton, Tommy T's. Uh, but oh. last week we had already done the podcast before having the experience. So as a carryover, big shout out, uh, folks! If you make it to the west side of Chicago, it's downtown, right? No, it's west side. Was yeah. Okay, I thought it was downtown. No, West Side. I think it was West Side. West Side, downtown of Chicago. Um, of course, I have a list in my phone. I showed it to Andy of all the check marks for all the diners, drive-ins, and dives I have been to. And one of the ones that was on my list of a must, must, must was this place called Las Scrollas. Um, And I was going to make it my fucking mission. I was not leaving Chicago without fucking with this place. It was your mission. It was my mission because I am a pastor who, um, and I saw on this place and I, and I specifically knew what I wanted. I said, they showed, they had a penny, uh, penny a la pasta, alavaca, penny a la pasta. that was like a deep pinkish reddish pasta with, with vodka sauce, which I, absolutely love and then they had a flattened out fried veal steak chop with the bone in and i said now the pasta is its own dish get it with shrimp the veal is its own dish underneath it they put fingerling potatoes roasted potatoes i said i don't have to have the potatoes but i'm getting the pasta and the veal and treating it as one dish it was my fucking 
mission. And 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 when, and on Friday we attempted. I wanted to go on Friday. We got in on Thursday. I said, "Let's go for lunch." Come to find out, they didn't open till five. And to get from Schaumburg to there is an hour drive. There and back is another hour drive. By that time, not only is it showtime, but I don't like to eat five hours before a show because the itis sets in and I'm through. But I said, even if I got to suffer through itis and performing, which I never like to do, I'm not leaving Chicago without trying this fucking place. We did a little bit of research. Andy found out that they were open for lunch. Well, three o'clock, a late lunch on a Sunday. late lunch on Sunday. So three. So we ended up going at three. Still too close to showtime, but I'm not leaving Chicago. Without this fucking dish. Um, so we go there. Uh, we, we leave early. We leave early. We pro- we probably get there. 2.30? 10 minutes before they open. Oh, okay. Then we got to like 2.50, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2.45. Okay. Um, and so like there's this little fucking bar next door. And we go, well, let's, let, let's go to the bar. Have a quick shot before we <laughs> eat this, this Italian meal. This fucking bar was old school fucking it looked like mafia shit went down in this bar. We walk in, there's these two old white guys sitting at this little table. I mean, like, think Goodfellas. Think uh, fucking... With that pencil mustache. With the pencil mustache. Think any mob, any Scorsese movie. These two motherfuckers was it. This was Paulie Servino and Joe Pesci sitting at this table. And I automatically picked up the vibe. What the fuck a couple of niggas, niggas in a cake in here. <laughs> Man, fucking your money's good, but drink it, drink it, get the fuck out. But now I'm not saying that's what it was, but that's what it felt like. The bartender couldn't have been nicer. Everything had an old school feel. And what was crazy to me was the actual front front entrance. The windows were covered up with curtains so you couldn't see out. No one could see in. The door had that little slide panel on it. Like if you knocked. You, they open the little <laughs> panel and you see the guy's eyes and you got to give the cold word. You know, what's the fucking password? Eh, wife beater. Well, what's the fucking password? Smack her around. You're in. So, and it was smoky. It felt like. Even though it had no smoking sign on it. And even though it had a no smoking sign on it, these two old motherfuckers is puffing. And it felt like they would say to you, now you can't leave. It felt like shit went on in the back. Like, you know, fucking niggas is giving us trouble. Hey, Paulie, Christy, take him in the fucking back. Take him in the bedroom. The bedroom. This shit felt real. I like the pork store. Yes. <laughs> the pork store. Satriali's, nigga. <laughs> um, cut to, it's time for us to go eat. We go next door. Come to find out. Oh, and this is where I got to tip my hat off to Andy. Because, you know... I, when I walked in, I gave the respectful head nod, hello, and they kind of gave it to me a little back, but I didn't go no further than that. Um, but we go over there to eat, me, me, Andy, and, and my boy Ivan, again, who's from Chicago, who was with me that weekend. And I guess Andy told the owner who I was or whatever, this motherfucker sits, he comes in, is the nicest, sweetest, most gentle old Italian man and his attitude was like we allow niggas in here so he pulls the fucking chair up and this is this was the Don shit he goes hey let me sit with you boys he pulls the chair and he goes on now here's look Andy knew what he wanted 
Ivan knew what he wanted. I certainly knew what I wanted. And we was ready to order. This motherfucker, like some real Italian shit, tells the waiter, no, 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 no. Guys, look, let's do a couple of drinks. Everybody glass of Chardonnay. Hey, hey we get, get, get him the uh, the octopus uh, mulligini, daddy. Uh, see it with the fucking lemon juice. And, and then bring him the, the blackened shrimp with the mashed potatoes underneath with the balsamic vinaigrette. You know, the, the, the East and, and, and then bring it over. Three, three soups to the Mizanuni, the Mizanuni soup. And, and this motherfucker ordered us three separate, then the Italian sausage and peppers. We had Italian sausage and peppers. We had octopus seared to perfection with lemon, blackened shrimp with mashed potatoes and the greatest balsamic vinegar sauce. And I didn't, I didn't really care for the soup. But some type of soup, minestrone soup, and and this all for free. We didn't order none of this. It was all for free. It's on us. It's on, on us. It's, 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 on, it's, on, it's on, on us. It's on me. And then he goes on to break the ice by telling a few jokes. Understand you're a comedian. Aren't they a couple of fucking jokes? And it's one joke is racist and the other two is sexist. To break the ice. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It, it, it just, dude, I'm telling you. And the food was spectacular. And I have been saying how badly I wanted to try octopus. Because every time I watch Triple D, I'm like, damn, it looked like if that shit is cooked just right. But I couldn't get past the suction cups. Everybody ever that ever talked about it said it's, it's, it's tender, but a little chewy. But the thing that's always scared me was the suction cups and that big head. That does come to the table. I know, but damn. But show the way this shit was cooked, it had just enough crunch, which is a good crunch, but it was also tender as fuck. Yeah. And that balsamic sauce, wow. That was the best octopus I've ever had. Wow. And I've had a, I, I've had it quite a bit. And that was. That was and at yeah. one point, and you know, I'm, listen, this was my childhood here in Jersey and in New York. Every year, it would shut down a large section of Times Square and, and and both to the right and left of you was just like uh, food stations. And it was a, it was a, like an Italian festival. festival. Yeah. And I mean, everything Italian food wise culture and the sauce. I could, I, I so remember the smells of the Italian sausage and peppers when, and I don't eat the peppers, but you could smell the onions and the peppers on that perfect uh, baguette. Or, or or French roll with the sausage and the hot sauce. Dude, he brought that to the table minus the bread. And I mean, these Italian sausage. And I'm trying to, and I'm trying not to get full because I know I got a veal chop coming the size of a of a of a uh sewer. Uh, what would you call that shit in New York? The, yeah, the man cover. The man manhole cover. cover yeah. A manhole cover. My chop is as big as a manhole cover. And then I got a whole plate of pasta enough to feed a family. But this motherfucker, at one point, he goes, hey, what the fuck you doing? What are you, scared of the shrimps? And he, and he takes the spoon and he grabs four or five shrimp and throws them on my plate and, 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 and takes the mashed potatoes. And he goes, come on, don't be fucking shy. You got to fucking eat. And I mean, it was like you could see if he was an old Italian woman, just that large amount of uh, <laughs> uh, fucking bicep under tricep skin, skin flapping, flapping around. while she's fucking, you got to eat, you got to eat, nigga, you got to eat. I mean, he fed us, he told us jokes, the appetizers were free, he got around the drinks, man, La Scrolla, y'all. 
They, Big shout out to La Scrolla. Yeah, I just told him really what I did tell him, just so that you know. I told him that we drove, uh, we took an Uber for an hour right. from Schaumburg to come over. He goes, Why were you in Schaumburg? And then I said, Well, Eric, uh, then I told him who you were and then right. we were at the show. And that's when he was like, oh, I'll be right over. Yeah. I mean, dude came over, couldn't have been sweeter. Like I said, we didn't expect all that. We were just going for what we wanted to go for. But to, to, to know that this dude who I thought was on some, take the fucking niggas in the back, is, was the coolest, sweetest old man. And he, and he just, you know, again, he told us two sexist jokes and a racist joke, which was beautiful. Uh, he fed us. He gave us drinks. Soup, octopus, shrimp, mashed potatoes. It, it, it just, he couldn't have been nicer. Fucking, you got to go. If you go, people, La Scrolla. Yeah. It's, I, I promise you. It's you, definitely worth it. It's the shit. It's the absolute shit. So, uh, and yeah, and then I went on to tell him this joke by comedian Tom Dreesen. Uh, really funny joke. Uh, I won't give Tom's jokes away. But uh, it, it was, he, he told jokes. This guy told real jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, a movie <clears throat> that was recommended to us uh, by one of our podcast listeners. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, brother. Um, OG by Jeffrey Wright, which you always said is one of your favorite actors. Heck, a great actor. Um, let me come out the gate. What'd you think? I mean, it was interesting. He'd act, he acted his ass off. He was phenomenal. There was, there was just some pieces that were missing. Yeah, I you know when when, when if a movie is about prison, I, I have certain expectations. Violence, rough, uh, you know, I, I expect a certain sense of danger, and I was on the edge of my seat, waiting for something to happen that never came to be. First of all, the movie's about he, he plays a guy who's been in jail for about twenty four years for murder. Uh, he's going to get paroled and weeks before he's set to be free. He kind of is looking after the life of a younger inmate who's headed for trouble, risking his potential release. Uh, and the first thing I thought was, why would somebody who's been in jail for 24 years about to get out, about to get out, risk their freedom uh, for somebody? And so I don't know that that, that kind of, made me go, well, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm buying this. Well, but, and, and I get, there's, there's, there's moments in the story where you, he's reaching for his humanity. He already feels like his life is, you know, he's, he's done his 24 years, but I think there's several scenes in there where you, you, you feel like he's unsure of himself being out in the real world. Right. And uh, not knowing if his place is out there. And I think that might have something to do with it, but there's so many, but you, you didn't really get that answer. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when the young dude who comes up to him, and I think he says ten dollars a day, yeah, or, or whatever. That was he, the biggest part of the movie to me, right? Where he he kind of you he, know he pay rent, rent, it was pay rent, rent or something, yeah. I, and he and he got into the little tussle. I thought, okay, here we go. Yeah, but then from there, it kind of just went on cruise control. Um, well, they try to make it a story, just that they try to make that story from there, right? And where you're supposed to. And I don't know from that moment how he gets, regardless, I don't understand how he would have feelings for that kid at that point. That kid tried to, you know, he, yeah. had, he, had, he had to tune him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and you know, old, I don't know if this is old school shit, prison shit, but you know, this is why I say, you know, niggas have style and rhythm and 
the way we come up and say certain shit. Like when he was trying to warn old boy about certain things and he said to him, hey, young blood, let me breathe on you for a second. I love that. I never heard that before. I, I, I love like, that. That is some old school, either some old school or some prison shit. But a, a way of saying, let me talk to you for a second. And instead of going, hey, man, let me talk to you for a second. He said, hey, young blood, let me breathe on you for a second. Let me breathe on you. I love it. He played that part, man. No, he did. He's great. He is a great actor. You know, I, again, I think one of the hardest things to do, and I've said in acting, is to act with no words. And the the the, the scene where I think the word is atonement, the, the scene where he had to, you know, make good or try to make good with the sister of the guy he killed. Yeah. And prior to him doing this, there's another ex-prisoner who was with uh, a, a white lady who, I guess, he victimized her. And she learned to forgive him, and they created a friendship, which I've heard things like that happen sometimes. Um, so they're kind of giving him a scoop as to what he needs to do to get right within himself, and they're telling him he needs to do this. So then when they finally have the scene where he's having atonement, hope I'm using that right, um, the lady says to him how she doesn't wish he would get out of jail. She thinks he should stay in jail. And all of that emotion that he had to display without words. And then of course, as they're showing him, the camera's slowly zooming in to, to, to get the meat of what you're supposed to get, the facial expressions. And he, uh, he did a lot with nothing for that scene. Yeah. And so he's a bad boy. Uh, but I, I thought the movie... Okay, let me just say this before we, we critique the movie too much here. I thought it was worth watching. I don't know that I'd watch it again. I, I didn't say again. I said it's worth watching. There's ah. movies that I'll say to people, yeah, you don't need to see it. I'm so on the cusp. Really? I, I don't know if it's worth watching, but... I, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't... I don't want to say it's not worth watching... But when the fact that I go, I don't have to see that again. Or if, or if I was channel surfing and it came on, if I go, nah, then you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's certain movies that I'm not going to, that I have to watch if it comes on. Yeah. That, that's not one of them. Right. But I, I would definitely, I would definitely not tell people not to watch that movie. I'd go, I'd go see the, you know, if it's on HBO, it's on HBO Max. It's worth, you know, you already have it. Watch I it. I, I remember when I, we vaguely kind of discussed this a little bit and I said to you, one of the things I didn't understand was why did they toss his cell? Like why his cell was all fucked up. And you said, because they can't, they can, they don't want you to be happy. And then you went on to tell me about you having a moment where you were in jail and some shit happened about a strip search. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that you had told me you sold weed and you had gotten arrested. But what you didn't tell me and what I heard for the first time was that you went to jail for six months yeah. and you had a work release. And yeah. on sad on the weekends, you had to stay there and sleep over there. Yeah. And I remember I, I, I asked you, hey man, did any booty shit ever happen? Or did anybody ever try you? Uh, but dude, I know I've said this on this podcast. Guys, I've been, I've been knowing this motherfucker for three years. And every once in a while, he peels another layer that makes me go, 
it's this nigga next to me. I mean, rich friends, weed, coke, DJing, motorcycles, Porsches. This nigga, Andreas is his name. Yo, this motherfucker is Grand Theft for real. If there's an artist out there, please, I, I envision this. Send me, because one of our podcast listeners sent me and Andy a funny picture where it said, niggas, welcome to my dojo. And they had me wearing a, um, a, a, a Miyagi-san headband and some Asian print in the background, and I loved it. Somebody, if there's a talented artist, draw a picture of, of Andy with, a juf, with the Jufro, the beard, some shades, and in the background, like an explosion, but there's a private jet flying over, maybe a helicopter in the back, a mount of cocaine on one side, a bushel of weed on the other, uh, a naked bitch on a Harley, and like two Porsches with two black women bent over the hoods. <laughs> that is this nigga. And have it say GTAA, Grand Theft Auto Andreas. Go ahead, man. No, I told you what I was telling you is that, well, there's two parts. One, when you're in jail, the, the people who run the jail right. and, and the guards want to dominate you. They want to make, that's how they stay in charge. They, you know, they dominate. And then if you're happy, I haven't figured this out yet, but if you're happy, that makes people that are trying to dominate you sad, unhappy. unhappy. That makes them upset okay. with their, their job. So I was telling you the story, like after a while, after I was, I was on work release. So after a while I got to have days off, multiple days off. So, cause usually for every month you're there, you can get a day off. Mm-hmm. So you could just go stay at your house. And so I had been there for six months. So by, I think it's the second month or the third month you start getting days off. So I was getting a, I was at home for like three days and I came back and I had a great fucking weekend. I mean, I was gone. I was out. Uh, my girl came over, uh, and, uh, she fucked me and, uh, you know, made me some food, brought some food over and, uh, saw my, saw my family came over and, uh, worked on my house, got some things ready because I was going to be getting out soon. You know, it was nice. I had a nice day. I, I got a, a thing of ping pong balls that I was bringing back in because, uh, we, uh, that, that's the thing you'd run out of ping pong balls or we'd break them because I played a lot of ping pong and, uh, me and this uh, Asian dude that I was, we played a lot of ping pong. He taught me how to play, and you know we break balls because you would uh, you'd hit the ball so hard they would split. So I had a brand new pack of ping pong balls that I was taking back. I was in a good mood, and you can't have that. You can't show up in a good mood. Cannot have a smile on your face to go back to jail. And so he said, uh, he "said Andy, you seem uh, very happy today." And I was like, yeah. "I said I had I had a good weekend." He goes, "Oh, okay." This was the guard when I was checking back in. He goes, but your eyes, your eyes look a little red. And I go, yeah, I was working on the yard, man. My allergies, whatever. A little, little, little red. You, you sure you weren't smoking? I was, no, I was working on my house, man. And my eyes right. get a little red from, I was working in the backyard. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, all right. Well, you know what? We're just going to have, you go, go in that room. So I go in the room and comes in. He goes, you got a strip. Uh, you're going to get searched. Strips you naked. Get, you get naked and. Then he tells you to fucking lift up your dick and lift up your balls and checks, you know, kind of has his flashlight out and he's looking. Then he tells you to turn around, spread your butt cheeks, start coughing. And so by the time you're done, you're in a bad mood. And then you go back into the room and you take your bad mood and your bad energy all back up to everybody else. And you're, it makes everybody unhappy again. And that's what they want. 
And that's why they toss your room. That's what they, because they can, they can do it. And, that was, and it's just to, 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 to piss you off. That's why they were doing it to him in the movie to show the, 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 they had the ability, the very first scene you see him fixing his room because they were looking for something. So they toss everybody's room because they can't, but, but, but what in the, in the it's, beginning he was looking for something, they tossed his room, but not maliciously. It, it was, was the, it mess. was a, it was a prison toss. Yeah, this one was Malicious. we fucking your shit up. Oh. Yeah, wow. And if someone's running the jail, um, they might also get your room tossed by having like you say tell a guard like I, I think he has such such. They'll go and then toss your room. So it's not like it's just you're for. Listen, I, I I was in jail. I wasn't in prison. So, I mean, I only went to the prison side a few times, uh, and that's completely different. That's a whole, it's a whole nother level. That's I, ass rape. Yeah, because you're inside. Like I, like I said, when you said, did, you, did anybody, any booty shit go on? In, in jail, no, because I, I'll never forget that this is still funny to me. This dude comes, uh, I heard this dude talking. He said, did you hear so-and-so? We're fucking in the shower. And he's, and I was like, no, man, that's great. Because you're on work release. You go fuck, go fuck. You fuck outside. You fuck outside the jail when you're on work release. You don't fuck inside the shower. I fucking, I fucking shower in that shower because fucking, and he's, he's called them animals. Fucking animals, fucking, fucking in the shower, work release. And so, like, so when you're getting out, no one cares. I, 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 I gotta say, you know, whatever happens in jail, in prison, happens in prison. But if you're stuck in prison, you can't get out. So you fuck who you fuck in prison. But in jail, you get out. If you're on work release and you're going to get out and you're still fucking in jail, there's something wrong with you. And there's a definite line that was drawn. So I thought mm. that, was, but that first night that I was even in jail, I mean, yeah, I was scared. I was, I was nervous, slept up with my booty up against the wall just to make sure I wanted, I wanted a second. <laughs> I wanted to have a second to try to get ready. Uh, but yeah. We'll get, we'll get ready for what? To fight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. I'm protecting the goal, man. There's right. no one getting in there. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, but there's just all kind, of, you know. But like I said, I was in jail. I wasn't in prison. I, I I was fortunate that I got work release because of my situation. I was able to do that, uh, right. but and I didn't have to go where it, it's at a different level. And this, uh, obviously, when you're in a jail, when you're in prison with people who've been in there for 24 years, it's a different level. Right. And with, you know, people, I was in with a lot of people who robbery, you know, petty thefts, a little violence maybe, but not overly violent. Now we're, uh, and. Okay, so prison is murder and. No, well, it depends. You can go to prison for bullshit too. You can, you can be in prison just because you fucked up and you got the wrong judge on the wrong day. You can end up in prison. Uh, so. <sighs> And, and as it's been described, I mean, I mean, you might as well say it. We're we're talking about it, you know. As as, as it's been said, uh, you could also go to prison because you're black. The white dude may go to jail. For my situation, there's black dudes that are in prison for what I did. God damn. But there's also white dudes in prison for what I did too. You 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 know, this is where not having a public defender can really help you out. And that's a lot of times what it comes down to. Right. Jeez. So, uh, again, and let me just say this before uh, we go off this topic. Not proud of it as I talk to you about it, uh, but I'm not ashamed of it either. This is my life. This is what I lived. And we're going to talk and we're talking openly. I, I, don't, I don't mind being honest about my life. Not proud, but definitely not ashamed. The only thing you're missing is a tattoo. No, I got tattoos. Where? Yeah, I got tattoos here. 
I got. I have never seen that much of your arm. I don't because the tattoos are for me. They're not for everybody else. I, I got them. I'm telling you, man. I know this nigga's dick is huge, nigga. <laughs> It's not. You got all the makings of a badass. Nigga. It's not. It's not a big dick. It's a yeoman dick. It, it goes to work with a lunch pail and, and a hard hat, and goes to, goes to do its work. It has. It knows that it has to put extra effort in. It is not a star. I <sighs> see. This is the thing. Like Brad Pitt. I, I'm not saying Brad Pitt. Do you think he has to fuck? Because all the girls done after she fucks him is she. I fuck Brad Pitt. The question isn't was he good. The question is you fuck Brad Pitt. Right. I, I have to put effort in. That's why I let my boys fuck for me. Jackson, Hamilton, <laughs> Franklin. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they put in the work for me. So, honey, you like old bald men? No, you don't. Have you seen this guy? Right. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. I, got my, my, I keep slave masters in my pocket. They do the fucking for me. Dude, this is why our podcast is only going to go so fucking far. <laughs> okay. So those of you listening, this is for you because no one else is going to hear this. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to some happy shit. Um, a fun watch, man. It's just a fun watch if you guys. Uh, I've only seen a few of these. Yeah. Uh, History of the sitcom on CNN. Uh, it's a really fun watch. Uh, they, I, I'm wondering when they're going to stop. I think they're doing eight episodes. Uh, so this might have been the last one from last Sunday. But uh, season one, I'm going to just reel off some of these shows and see what there is to talk about. Um, and hopefully this will round out the hour. Um, and the great thing about this is you and I are both, and you're older than me by five years, right? Ten. Four. Well, how old are you? 56 in September. Damn it, I thought you was 50. No, 56. September, you guys. In case okay, so wants Andy to... goes back to the very beginning of television. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I was, I, I am at the cusp of color. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that puts it in perspective. Yeah. And I'm color. <laughs> you are Go. We are black <laughs> and white. There we go. Meets color. Um, I love Lucy. Uh, black and white. Black and white. Uh, one of your favorite shows? Actually, I loved I Love Lucy when I was a kid. But really? Now, let, let, let's put this in perspective, though. Uh, there was only three channels. ABC, NBC, and CBS. CBS. That's it. Yes. And your local show didn't really have... Uh, it was it was that's what Fox ended up becoming taking right. over the locals, but it didn't have that much on it. It was reruns of things that no one was watching. There wasn't that there wasn't enough content at that time. Right. So I love Lucy and Desi Arnaz. And, you know, and you know, this is even talking about this makes me realize something. I, I remember watching that show. And one of the reasons I liked it is Desi, Ar- Desi Arnaz is Cuban. Uh, 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 uh. Lucy, I'm home. But that's that Hispanic heritage. And right. It's Lucy. And I thought she was funny. She was very funny. And so I, I think as a kid, I didn't even think about this until this moment that you brought it up. You know, I was seeing people that reminded me of my family because right. we were mixed family anyway. We had, you know, we had white folks in the family. Right. And so it's what I knew. And that made sense to me. So it did fit my, my, my makeup. I didn't even right. think about that until, until right now. Right. Um, you know, that's like Paul Mooney said, uh, that's when television had dignity. It would cut off 
good night. They'd play the national anthem and good night. TV cut itself off. Yeah. Now a million channels with no cutoff. Um, yeah. I wonder if kids even have ever seen that. No, I don't think so. No. You just you, I, I remember the with the color bars. Yeah. 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 yeah or the, uh, uh, the circle. What they said, message in it. Yeah, and then it would have the 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 uh, Indian head guy in it. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, I'll show it to you. I got I got pictures. An of Indian head guy. Yeah, yeah. Like the Indian, Indian. No, 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 not that guy. Oh, woo, 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 woo. I'm not saying that either. That that's Geronimo right there on me right now. Oh, um, okay, I'll, I'll find it for you. I'll okay. show it to you later. But yeah, yeah, it it had. Do uh, it is. Uh, but yeah, I I forget about those things because I just don't see them anymore, and I don't know if kids, kids, I don't know twenty year olds. Would even know. I don't think so. Even a 30-year-old might not know. Right. Uh, I think you'd have to be at least in the 40s. Yeah. Because um, CNN is really what... CNN, it's funny because CNN's the one doing this. Right. CNN was the 24-hour news network. And so that's what would come on. And that was the only thing that I think was on regular television that was 24 hours long. Uh, because when I was a kid, like I said, we didn't have cable in Arizona for a long time. So we just had HBO. And we had this big... Um, antenna that went up on our roof that had was just like a cone. It wasn't like a satellite. It was just right. a cone. And that's how we got HBO. And we got one channel of HBO. That mm. was it. And it was $24.99 a month. Wow. And then it was the three channels. It was then your local channel and then the PBS channel. And that was it. And all those went out except when, um, yeah, that's, yeah, CNN wasn't there yet. And then HBO was the only thing that stayed on 24 hours. Um, one, I was surprised that they did it. Uh, and I think even if her husband had been white, they still would have done it because that was the time. Well, how, how when they showed uh, Lucy and her husband in bed, they were never in the same bed. They slept in two separate yeah, beds. They never showed two people in the same bed. I think the, I don't think it was until the, I don't even, the Brady Bunch, I think, even had separate beds for a point in time. Well, well we know he had a separate bed for yeah, real. Yeah. But, uh, I think they might have been the first show. It wasn't. It wasn't until almost like this late, into the mid or late '60s before they ever had a single bed. Everybody was always in in two beds. This 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 how deep, and I don't want to get into this because we want to keep this light. But this but this again is an example to show y'all how deep hatred runs for black people in America. There's no way Lucy would have ever been allowed to have a black husband. But she was allowed to have a Hispanic one. That was a big deal, though, at the time. As you look back and you read on it, you read on it, it was still a big deal for her to have a Hispanic husband. Yeah, yeah, it was still a big deal at that time. It was very progressive. But here's the here's the thing about the. When, well, I wonder what made them go go there because they were married together. That they were actually in real life. In real life. So, but they could have got her a fake husband to be. But that they, that's what the show that they were doing. They did a lot of. There's a lot of interesting things. I don't know if they talk about this. They were the ones that they, they, uh, kept their films. That's why you have Lucy. That's why you can see these shows. They filmed it. It, it was done in film, and they kept their their film. A lot of those films were thrown away or burned or got rid of it because they didn't store them. Uh, Desi, are, it, it's uh, Des. Desilu? Yeah, that's that. Why? Brett Butler, yeah? Those films were burned on purpose. We didn't want that kind of footage laying around for pure Anglo-Saxon white children to come around and know that a pure white bread, 100% angelic white woman kissed a Cuban. Ugh! You could smell the adobo crust shooting off his lips. 
There's no way we would keep that kind of footage around. We have to preserve whiteness like it's homogenized milk. Fresh, cold, and able to be served daily. Put a little spick in it, and it's spoiled. Have a good day. Brad Butler, yeah? Uh, they were, they were, uh, it's Desi Lou productions. Right. And they were very, uh, they were ahead of their, they were ahead of the curve. They, they knew what they were doing. Right. Or, or they, or they guessed right. Either one that you want to say they, they did. So that's, that's what worked out for them. But when you see the two twin beds, what I thought was kind of interesting about that is when I would see that in the shows, uh, right. and then, you know, and my parents only had one bed. Right. So. I was thinking my parents were progressive as fuck because they were right. they had one bed. They're they're, they're fucking <laughs> <laughs> right. Like those other people on TV were making appointments to fuck. Right. My parents were just fucking. Um, real quick before I move on, even though she wasn't a stand-up, people always considered Lucille Ball one of the great female pioneers of comedy. Yeah. Do you agree? Even though she wanted to stand up, even though she she was a comedic actor, and okay. uh, I give her credit because she was, uh, I don't I, I know that she wrote a lot of this, right? So yeah, I give her credit for being com- a comedic, uh, a, a pioneer. I mean, Carol Burnett wasn't, and I don't yeah. want to get too far ahead of this either. But but there was a but Carol Burnett at least had a little bit more to do with uh, uh what's that shit you do? Uh, greatness. No, yeah. Besides greatness, what's uh. It's not stand up, but the other thing you could do, a sketch, sketch. Yeah, yeah. she was she, Carol Burnett at least did sketch, right? Um, but she she wasn't stand up either, and they give her credit for being a, a comic right. as well. So, um, I thought about you when I saw this one because um, they said that it was groundbreaking for the time because it broke the mold of what regular sitcoms were uh, or, or for that time. It's almost like how dare they? My three sons. A, a divorced dad or yeah. a widowed dad, a widow with, dad. With, with three sons. And of course, again, the timing was just like you can't show two people who obviously have kids in the same bed. Can't show a man without a woman raising kids. Yeah. So he had, he had a housekeeper. Yes. Yeah. But it was, he was a single dad. Well, so was that before, um, what's the one with Ron Howard and, uh, and, in- happy days. No, no, before that. Oh, uh, uh, Mayberry. Yeah, the, yeah. There, there's Aunt B. There's no, uh, there's no mom in that one. But Mayberry is more. The onus is more on a town of 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 white wishes. There's no niggas in the whole town. That's what that show's about. You know. Yeah, but again, he still didn't have a mom in that. It was his Aunt B. So that was, I thought that was before. Uh, but that feels still feels like a woman doing yeah, what women woman, at that time yeah, yeah. were meant to do. Yeah, you're right. This is a guy doing Just by a woman's job. Yeah. Yeah. But I, was, I, what was deemed as a woman's job back then? Yeah. I, I, I like that show. Yeah. That was before my time, too. I had to watch that in reruns. Right. Uh, but again, we only had so many options for reruns because uh, right. there wasn't that much content. Right. Gilligan's Island was something I watched every day because there wasn't content. So, you know, right. even though that was before me, that's still something I watched. If they did a remake of My Three Dads or My Three Sons today uh, with a black cast, you know what it would be called? What? My Three Niggas. (laughs) Dude, you should pitch that. You should pitch it. Yeah. CBS. 
right, look here. Here it is. <laughs> uh, his name is Tyrell, right? And he got uh, three sons. Lejean, uh, Hassan, and, and Tekron. Uh, and it's called My Three Niggas. And he's a dad that raises his kids from a distance because he ain't really there, but he there through the, through the jail system when he gets work release. <laughs> well, give us three seasons. Yeah, they'll buy that in a minute. Um, uh, versus, oh, um, kind of like with dueling families. Uh, which was your favorite show? I didn't really care for either one of them, but the the Brady Bunch versus the Partridge Family. Oh, the Partridge Family were way cooler. You thought so? Well, they were they were a musical band on tour. Right. There was uh, no dad in that. I, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I think the Brady Bunch was one of the worst things ever for America. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they showed a, 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 a nuclear family that didn't exist. There's no family. Okay, first of all, that's, this, this is, uh, there. there's two separate families that came together. That's one of the things that the right. Brady Bunch talks about in the song. Every time, right. there's a story of a lovely, li- okay, so they get together and then they come together. And this beautiful family is raised that doesn't match up to anybody's family. So when you're a kid and you're watching this, that shit isn't going on in your house. So you say it's not realistic. I'm saying it makes you feel as you're a kid growing up that your fa- something's wrong with your family. Right. Because your family doesn't get to that level of that family. This family, they're heartfelt. They, they, right. they, first of all. The, they, they live a nice life. They have a nice house. They have, a, and, and but they have regular jobs. But they have the dad's right. still home all the time. Mom's home, and they have a housekeeper that's fucking the the butcher. So they're getting good food at the home, <laughs> at the house. And then, and then the mom, uh, the mom and dad get along well. There's hardly any fights. And when there's these fights, they have these big stories on how this happens. And there's a there's a there's one story where the middle kid, uh, which is Peter. Peter's the middle one or Greg? I don't know. What, what Greg's the older one. Greg's the older one and the youngest one, Bobby. So it is. Bobby's the youngest yeah, and so Peter, Peter, Peter's Peter. the middle. Peter wanted to send out a letter about how great his dad was. So he sneaks out of the house. He gets caught. He gets put on punishment. And uh, so he's punished because he was trying to say what he, and then his dad wins and it's this whole like special episode heartfelt. Right. No. No. This is not how it works. Right. And I felt like there was something like my family was a horrible horror not horrible, but I felt like our family just, if that's what was supposed to be a family, then there was something deeply wrong with our family. Right. And I I think, I I really think that the, the Brady bunch was terrible for American families. You know where the father was from? The father? Mm -hmm. No. San Francisco. (laughs) See, and that's the, no, but that's the other funniest part about that, what you're saying too. The truth about what was going on behind right, the Brady's right, right. is the real American family. Where right. you find out, you know, dad's dad, fucking somebody <laughs> got a whole separate family. family. Yeah. yeah. This is a different, th- that's more honest to what the reality is. I don't know what is. it is, but I smell a bit in there. <laughs> Something that dun, 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 dun. here's a story. <laughs> I don't know what the bit is, but that's got bit written all There's, over you it felt with the, the truth. You felt the juice in right. it. Right. And, and the housekeeper was fucking the butcher Tom <laughs> and then he gave it the meat but not that meat. <laughs> and and, and da, 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 da. I don't know what it is but there's a bit in there somewhere. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I felt that that was terrible. The Partridge Family. I mean, I, I, I thought you know they're they're a musical group. It was kind of cool. There was no dad. There was the was it Danny I mean, Bonaducci. Was that his name? Danny Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci. And he has stories. To, he his stories. Did you ever see like he's he's had problems, dude? Let me tell you, grown. I don't know, man. <laughs> you either make it from a kid actor transitioning into adult actor and you get away untouched, unscathed, and you have a beautiful ending, or you get diddled by the entertainment uncle. Something happens, nigga, with some of these kids, man. They get fucked up. Well, I don't know what happened, but just recently there's another a 19-year-old kid who's... uh who they just found him dead recently. I, I don't want to get into it because I don't know the whole right. stories behind it, but it, yeah, uh, it, it's a tough, this industry, when they say it's a tough industry, I, I it's, they're not, this is, and then when you, and then when you, when you, and it seems like sometimes with these kid actors, they're either so cute and adorable that you just, America loves them. But then there's an awkwardness when they transition to adults. Like, you know, I, I don't know that Danny Bonaduce as a kid was ever that adorable, but he certainly morphed into something. Oh, I think he was better than when he was a kid. He was, he was good. He was that chunky, right. weird looking kid. And right. He, he kind of worked himself. M- muscled up. But uh, Cindy from the Brady Bunch, whatever her real name right. is, she, when she got older, they kept on trying to make her cute and she just didn't grow in. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but she didn't grow listen, up into a cute kid. Listen, I was in the movie with the, with the kid, Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, yeah. America loved to be Jerry Maguire. Yeah. When he goes, the human head weighs eight pounds. Then he morphed thing and it was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so mapping is very rare. Like Leonardo DiCaprio went from kid to movie star. Brad Pitt, an essential kid to a fucking model. They don't all end up that way, man. No. No. No matter how hard they try to get it, get that to go, it doesn't work. It, it's crazy, man. But but yeah, this is just a rough business. I'm not gonna even get in more. It's a it's a rough business. When you when you take part how this business works, like we talked about this last night, because they they kid the dude who's driving us around. Mm-hmm. And he said, and we were both were talking about the business, and I said, Hey, com- I love comedy. Mm. Business is a bitch. Oh, I've always said that. Yeah. I love what we do when we do it. But the shit that surrounds this motherfucker, man. Ugh. Ugh. But when you in it and it's working for you, there's nothing like it. But when it ain't working for you, woo. But yeah. God, I don't want to get I, I just don't want to get too far into this. I treat this this business to me as like dating and see if you understand this. It only works for you when it works for you. But if it don't work for you, then it's work for you. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I feel like we're just part of the equipment, though. That's right. what I feel like. Because the people, the, the power in this business, you, you could be a $20 million a year actor. I mean, a movie actor. But you're still just part of the equipment until you get producer title, right? The 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 the, the producers, the, the even owners, di- the, the, own, the, the, even the, the directors have have way more say, right? Than, than the actor, the actors just getting their money up front, right? And and that ain't bad, but 
when you're the actor that gets the money up front plus a back end. Yeah. The toy deal. But if you're a kid, be careful because it starts out, aw, it ends up. I just want to hear myself do that. Um, now, here's what TV to me got fun. All in the family. See, I love and, that show. And, and this was my dad's era. This is 75, 70s. This is when I'm coming into my sitting in front of the one house, in the, one TV in the house, whole house, Indian style, watching what my dad made us watch or what he, what he was watching. Um, and I say this is when TV got fun because it was honest. It wasn't so political. It was correct. groundbreaking. It, right. cha- it, changed, it changed everything. Uh, Archie Bunker, blatant racist, uh, but those people existed. And Tracy Morgan, you know, they would cut to celebrities during this these CNN things, and they would give their little commentary. And Tracy Morgan said something, and I want to see if you agree with this assessment. He goes, "Yeah, he was, you know, blatant racist, but we loved him." Well, did we love him? Yeah, right. But but when you say racist, was he a racist or a bigot? Pick your poison. No, but as a racist, he wasn't trying to keep any. Was he trying to keep the black man down, or was nobody was trying to lift him up either? No, but he was. I, I said the reason that he was likable is he was bigoted because he had these beliefs based on whatever wherever it came right. from, and you saw, and this is why you loved him because you saw what where this came from. It came from ignorance. It came yeah, from, as most of it does. Yeah. Yes. And so when it none was, of it comes from a great place. No, none of it comes from a place of intelligence and, right. and, and being a worldly person and traveled and understanding of, right. of culture. This is this comes from a very uncultured, ignorant kind of background, and that's what he was bumbling. He he wasn't he. And the reason why I say he wasn't a racist is because you couldn't have loved him if he was racist, because then his job would have been to make you less than. I think that's debatable. Depends on the writing. The writing seemed like it just showed him to be. Like, dude, why is it that mean and racist things are secretly funny? Like when he says the one line, he goes, you know, EDT, they start moving in the neighborhood. Next thing you know, you're going to see watermelon rinds flying out the windows. That's funny. It's racist, but it's funny. But that that's his working knowledge of what he thinks of as a, 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 of what a black person is. And that's what makes it so funny when you get the introduction of, of, uh, what, what's, what's his name? Now I can't remember his name. George Jefferson. George Jefferson. But what was it? Well, I, I can't Lionel. Remember. I can't. Yeah. Lionel's the first and Lionel comes over and Lionel is none of the things that Archie's right. talking about. Right. And with, so, but you can't have this show without having Archie's unintelligent viewpoints. Because then you can't have Lionel make him the butt of the joke. I hope I'm, I'm par- I hope I'm not fucking this up. I love it when he goes, uh, when Rob Reiner, who played, uh, what was the son's name? Meathead. He just called him Meathead all the time. He goes, how come you always reference a guy who wears glasses as a, as a, as a queer? And he goes, no, a guy who wears glasses is a four eyes. A guy that's a queer is a fag. <laughs> Man, come on! <laughs> the way he does it, and 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 if you know Carol O'Connor, if you knew who he was, right. 
He was not that guy at all. The nicest, most uh, eloquent, a person that was knowledgeable and wasn't anything like that guy. But you couldn't have a guy that was like that guy play that guy. Let me speed ahead on your point. Um, One of my favorite shows, man, NYPD Blue. Dennis Franz, who played Sipowitz. Yeah. Racist, drunk. Some of the best lines in that show were the most racist lines. Nicest guy on the fucking planet. He, they, they, they did one scene where they arrive at a murder scene and uh, Jimmy Smits, who plays his partner, Bobby Simone, goes, yeah, we got a name of a witness who saw the crime. And he hands Sipowitz the paper and the name on the paper is Teresha. And he goes, Teresha? What is that? And Bobby Simone goes, I think that's a woman's name. He goes, Barbara's a woman's name. But we're dead. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back to going back to the All in the Family. Right. The thing that's amazing about All in the Family, and I, I don't know if they talked about this in this episode because I didn't see this this episode, the first one that you watched. Uh, Edith gets raped in All in the Family. I don't remember that. She got raped. And they addressed it in a, in a sitcom. In a sitcom. This is what. This is, this what, is how much TV was more real then. But they didn't have a violent rape scene. You saw what was happening, and then you break down, and then you see Edith going through, not talking about it, and not knowing what to do or how to handle it. And it is such an amazing episode. It's one of the great. It's like that whole arc right there was one of the greatest television to to be able to take something. And this is what this is why there's a problem today. You could never put any of these things on. You couldn't put all in the family on TV right now. But you should. Because it explains a lot more and gets you through a lot more. And this show, to have that kind of conversation, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Could you imagine what all of the family would do with Black Lives Matter right now? Well, he's Keller J. When the lives matter, you know, all lives matter, Edith. You know, again, I don't know what the joke is, but they're there. Well, it would have been like, they keep saying it's about, <laughs> the, the, whose house is burning down but if your house is burning down mine's gonna eventually start burning down right right <laughs> right you live next door maybe don't live next door to me and, and you know the colors they're fast so the house <laughs> are gonna burn really quick and get to me uh dude uh who's the right who's the writer of dude uh, where's our norman lear today yeah that's Who, who's who's norman lear's well, still alive let me, you know let me, that, let right? me back, yeah yeah i do and i'm shocked but let me back up let me back up because i'm about to say something stupid it's going to go seem like, you know, where's the Norman Lear? Where's the white guy helping to come save niggas and put us on TV the way we should be? But, but let me slap myself. We don't need Norman Lears now. You know? No, we with, don't. With, 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 what's the dude's name? Kenya Banks? Kendra Banks? Kenya? He, he got that show on Netflix. I know what you're talking about. You know about. who I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Something Banks. God damn it. I couldn't remember Norman Lear, so how are you going to get me to yeah, remember Yeah, you couldn't that? remember your own <laughs> shit. Um, but whether it's Tyler Perry... My man, who's responsible for creating Blackish, and uh, which is I, his stuff that's on right. Fuck. So yeah, we don't need a Norman Lear, uh, but you know, but it, if yeah. it were, if it wasn't for Norman Lear at that time, yeah, but it was still. And, and listen, John Amos talks about this where he didn't like some of the writing that Norman Lear did. Well, they didn't. They they would always have majority white writers on speaking for Black experiences. Exactly. So I'm, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, that's why I'm not going to, uh, it is great that Norman Lear was there to do what he did, but 
that's why there needed to be more voices in that room. Right. Uh, but he's an amazing man. I mean, he's still alive today, running around Hollywood, still working, still Damn. healthy. And you know why he's healthy? Because he works. Because he keeps his keeps himself going. Mm. I, I think it's kind of amazing. I, I think I, I do like the ground that he broke. And you know what? When we do say that about the white writers in the room, and not enough other voices, not enough. Right. He also ha- he also was working in the syst- the Hollywood system. Right. So he we, we can say that. And this so I'm not trying to disparage him on this either because I don't know what he was allowed to do. He was already breaking rules. Right. So I don't know if that was his choice or maybe that was part Kenya of Kenya Barris. Yeah. Is that Kenya name? Barris? Ah, oh, fuck! I should know this. Look guy's it up name. on look it up on IMG, um, IMDb. And you know when you talked about the arc of the rape, there was also that great arc that even prompted President Nixon to get upset about the gay thing when Archie interviewed, when Archie talked to his friend who wasn't flamboyantly, stereotypically gay, and he's sitting down with him, and he goes, you're not like one of the queens, right? You're not, you know, he goes, Archie, have you ever seen me with a woman? And then that's when it hit Archie that this dude is gay. Yeah. And then they cut to the phone call with President Nixon on the phone, and he's saying he's pissed. He's like, we cannot be promoting homosexuality on TV a la uh, 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 All in the Family. He mentions All in the, the family. family. Yeah. So that, again, race, rape, homosexuality for a sitcom. Well, don't forget, there's also the scene where they uh, blow up. Um, is it Lionel? I think Lionel in All in the Family originally dies. I'm not sure if it's Lionel or if it's one of his friends. They blow up the car. They blow uh, like some racists blow up the car. God, this is how. How this, do we get weaker as we go along? Weaker. Because we want to believe. I, I think it's because we think that we're glorifying that when we're not. I think that they. I, I think that the generations that come after us think that we glorify that because I think a lot of people maybe, maybe in some ways. It was glorified right. to to the wrong audience. the The wrong audience took it another way, but that was right. more the people that didn't understand, that weren't the educated, that weren't the experienced people. Right. And but to say to to dumb down what you're doing so that dumb people don't get anything from it means that you're also dumbing down what we do for people that could get more out of it. <clears throat> well said. So I, I, I have a problem with that idea that we need to work to the way that we're working. I think we should work for the intelligence. I don't think we get better unless we get more intelligent and not worry. I can't say not worry. But we all those people are going to be there no matter what we do. Right. And we need to work to better ourselves. And I, and I think it's a huge mistake because when you see shows like that, that broke ground like that. Right. And, and but – to to what did uh, good times come up in that same episode, that same series? No, no, that's not for a while. Then no, I'll the, wait. I'll, the I'll good, save it. Good times is I think episode three where they specifically talk about race and television. Okay, from the fifties all the way up to current. Do they talk today. about rock? They mention rock. I mean, I, I, that's a mistake that they was only mentioned because that's one of the that came at a time when there was no and and you you talk about this and I don't want to. There was a sweet point in the nineties. For black television, a Be- renaissance. Because of Fox. And because Fox, they yeah. needed, th- and you talk yeah. about this, needing the viewership. Right. And as soon as they got the viewership. Bye, niggas. 
Um, you know, and this is why I go 70s and 80s, particularly 70s, is where TV got real. It's where it got dangerous. Uh, it, it Truthful. It felt like you were on the beginning stages of history because things were getting explored for the first time. These discussions were being had uh, one day at a time. The big deal was a show with uh, dealing with single women in divorce. Right. You didn't show women single on their own, powerful, not needing a man and dealing with divorce. So that spoke to women on a certain level. And and it's funny because you brought up Nixon. So I'm going to go. I'm going to take it from that, from what you just said, from uh, one day at a time. And then we went all the way to uh, years later. Oh, fuck, I'm going to forget the name of the show. Where uh, uh, just drop me a couple of heads. Where Quail, Dan Quail, came out against De- uh, designing women. No, 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 it wasn't designing women. Uh, 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 Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. There you go. Because she wanted to have a baby on her own. Yes. So, so these through lines and 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 some of those moments help the show. Yeah, but the through lines haven't gone away, and that's kind of the interesting thing. This is still about that was female empowerment, right? Uh, it, it's still there. We still right. we still do this, but I, I don't think that we're again. I don't want to beat this horse; it's already dead. We just the way we interact so fearfully to express some things that are going on, which. This is what we do. We're, we handle this in a way that people can have this conversation because when you do rape on uh, a, a, talk, a TV sitcom like All in the Family, right. it forces people to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And we're giving them a breakdown of it in a way that comes off of a, a comedy sitcom. And that's, but, but that's partly what I think is so fascinating Listen, listen, if this were a drama, you'd expect it. Right. But this is a sitcom. And some might argue, well, for half an hour, Jesus Christ, let me just be free. Let me not deal with real shit. Let me laugh, which is what sitcoms are intended for. But the genius to me is even when we're laughing, we're still dealing with real shit in life. Right. So that's more true to form than going, let's just for a half hour go to a fantasy place where nothing wrong happens. And if, if I can give it to you in that half an hour or hour, whatever long sitcom you get, and I can give it to you with the tools to be able to deal with it, which is humor, laughter, laughter yeah. and still be able to get these points across and still be able so that you can have that conversation. Because I can't just go into work and go, hey, so it's a bunch of rape going on. But if I can talk about all in the family, did you see right. that episode? Can you believe that? And right. You can break it down a different way. God, you know. I'm I'm not going to say it, but the comedic brain in me, the comic in me, the badge, the oath has something to say right now that would be a, oh, moment. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it. No, you shouldn't say it. You shouldn't. Because people can't handle it that way. And people don't take it that way. And the problem is they don't take it that way anymore. That's probably why we're soft now. You know, you you saw that thing where it says, uh, uh, bad times makes hard men. Hard men make better make better times better times make soft men soft men make hard times something like like a condom commercial yeah but it's it's about what we go through where we are we're in this place where we've had had it pretty had it well and we are trying to be the best we can but what we're doing is we're making ourselves soft we to do it yeah and so yeah so it's going to take something 
as as we're going through all the difficulties that we're going through and we're making these harder times, it's going to take it's going to take people that are a little rougher mm-hmm. to make these times better. And that's how we're going to get to this next period. But it's going to happen again because we're in a We're in a rough. We're in. We're entering a rough time. Please. I, ho- I hope it comes quickly. Um, the Rudy and the Theo and the Vanessa. And you see that was on the very first one. Uh, yeah, because remember, they go from 50s, whatever the topic is, okay, they, they go 50s to most current. So, if the topic's about race, they'll still do the Cosby show, but they'll tackle it about race in regards to that. I didn't know that the Cosby show, 20 million viewers. Oh, yeah, I knew it was the number one show, but it was pulling in Super Bowl numbers. Numbers, yeah. Do you know who dethroned them though? Roseanne, no, who. The Simpsons. Really? Yeah. That's that's the arc of where you can take things for. And and the reason that that show was so amazing is yes, you, you had a good times where someone was successful in good times. A black couple was successful. In good times? Not good you times, mean, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh, in uh in uh yeah, good times was in, the opposite, opposite of that. Of that. Yeah. The Jeffersons. Yeah. You had that experience, right. but he was self made. The the uh Cosby show is completely different. We don't even talk about how they were made. We talk about educated, well-to-do, family, doctor, lawyer. Right. So this is a different, a completely different concept. It is so funny that you would call that uh, a completely new concept, even though that was the concept for every white show that's ever that's been on television <laughs> about families. But as far as a black family goes, a new concept. Let me. You know, this goes into that belief of. Funny is money, and at the end of the day, a good product is a good product because everybody embraced Cosby. He was described as America's number one dad. White people wanted him to be their father. Yeah. Um, do you attribute that to just great writing, just just totally relatable from a human experience standpoint? It was just relatable on all, on, on that level? Like, you just didn't see color when you saw the Cosby show. You know, uh, did white people see color or did they just see a guy that went, he's like my dad? His family's our family. The thing that's interesting about TV is if you can let it be, like you just said, he's like our family. You're in the house, you don't watch TV outside. You don't watch TV from your neighbor's house. You don't watch TV from down the other side of the freeway. Now you can. Now you can. But I'm saying for the most part, you're watching TV in your house. Yes. So the people that are on your screen are in your house. Right. So there's a comfortability you have with people that are in your house. And if they're doing the same things or the things that you want to do, then you start connecting with them on that level. So I, I, I'm not saying that you don't see color. I'm just saying you just see someone who's doing what you want to do or how you want to do it or right. be like that. You want to be like that. Um, I saw something very interesting today. Uh, one of the gold cast on. Hold that note. And on that note, folks, uh, ladies, uh, a lot of y'all keep your phones in the back pocket of your tight jeans. So based on what Andy's telling you, <laughs> when I want to fuck you, you she can't say no to me because I'm in your ass. <laughs> I'm in your pocket. I'm in your ass. So there's a comfortability you have to have. So when you meet me and I go, I'm Mary Spears. You, you owe me some pussy. Why? I'm in your yes. ass. <laughs> go ahead. But it, it talked about how you, when, you, when you look at someone, how you see them. And you, 
and how you see them should be, as you look into someone's eyes, you should see who they are. Right. Not, 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 you shouldn't see what they do for a living. You shouldn't see what color they are. You shouldn't see, you should look to when you go to meet someone and you shake their hand or however, as you're looking at them, you should see into them and you should see who they are that way. Right. And it would save a lot of problems if people did that because one, we'd have less of our race issues, but also we tend to see the outer person. So if they have a nice car, uh, a good job, we tend to, to, to be seduced by that and not realize that that still could be a bad person right there. That could still be someone that wants to hurt you because we're still looking so much for the outside instead of right. the inside. And, and, and I think that's why, to a large degree, when these celebrities get in trouble, it's hard for the public to convict them because what they know is what they've seen on the outside, and that's who they've fallen in love with. That's who, they are in, who they're invested in. That's who comes into their televisions. Well, and in their houses, like you said. Yeah. So so to go, Cosby drug bitches. He, he's a he's a what? You 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 you're not seeing him for who he may really be if that's what he did and that's who he is. What you remember is Theo, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. Yeah, because you spent, followed by a laugh track. Yeah, you because you spent hours with that guy. Right. You didn't spend any time with the other guy. With the pill man. And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not judging, I'm not even gonna judge him on that. I'm just saying that's how you are introduced to someone with hours and hours. And for me, when you brought up uh, Mike, Mike, the, the father of the uh, uh, Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch. Do, 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 do. and you make a joke about it, you reference him. I there's no visual that I can come up with of that situation. I can't imagine him like okay. you can't imagine Mr. Brady with cock in his mouth. No, right. because he was he's he's Mike. Right. You know, he's he was the dad. Of right. His kids. And he was he was in love with the. Uh, Whatever right. her name was, and Florence Henderson. Said, yeah, that that I and that's why I said the show was bad for America because I believed that that was love when he was in the bed it, as well, husband and, and wife. wife, and when they would he'd come down for dinner and he would see her and they'd give him the little peck and then they would go have right. dinner. You know that that's the show that they have dinner at the table together. Yeah, you didn't know this nigga was sliding off to Detroit <laughs> on secret <laughs> runs to go, to go meet Terrell Jackson. Yeah. Now uh, they would have showed that part, and I could have gone. You know, well, that makes more. Now I understand. Hello, yes, Terrell. <laughs> who, who are you here for? Yeah, I'm here for uh, Mr. Brady. Oh my God, why are you all sweaty? Just got in from Detroit. I ran. Oh, how do you know my husband? You ain't gonna believe this, but. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's how we know Mike Brady. Right. You know, uh the two there's Dick York and Dick Sargent. They uh, did they do Bewitch on this thing? Ah, uh, they may have. They may have. Cuz that was that was a that was a switch too cuz right. the, the 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 guy lost his part. Right. Uh, and they switched it. But I I can't see those you know, I just saw him as those guys. That's all I'm ever going to see him as. I can't see him as anything else. Right. So you're right. When you go to trial, when you go to, you know, you still see, you see the character. You don't see. Right. Him. I have to ask you this show before we get off of this. All right. Because uh, this was interesting to me. What did you feel about uh, family ties? And the reason why I ask you is because, you know, that dynamic that they played about Michael J. Fox being this young Republican. Yeah. And the the political son, uh, what'd you think about it? Well, I, I actually enjoyed it because my parents were very, uh, they were the more Democrats, and I at the time was more of the Republican in the family. Right. I had that, uh, like certain things that were being done made sense to me. But you know, 
I didn't get all of the information. You know, I right. got I got the I got the especially at that time in America, the news was very pro uh, you know, Reagan. Well, yeah, that was his reign, yeah, the eighties. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm saying, oh, we're gonna cut taxes and uh, and there's gonna be more money for people because this business is gonna get better. And then you would see business get better. So I was assuming huh. more money, but my dad wasn't making me more money. Right. So my dad wants to kill me because I'm like, no, that's good for the country, isn't it? Right. Uh, so I, I thought it was an interesting, as, as I look back on it, it's even more interesting because it, it and, and I think it's important because it shows that dynamic in, 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 a, in a household where we're all going through the same things, but we're seeing it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was an interesting show. I, I think it's funny, though, uh, uh, more so than the show. Uh, I, I really like the, the, char- the, the actors in, in the the show the dad right. was a cool dad the mom i don't even remember their names i just remember i like why uh, meredith baxter was the mother and they had issues that right. I, I like at that time they were like have letting the the, the parents have a little bit more uh, realism in their relationship mm-hmm. so I, I thought it was a good show um you didn't like it very, you know, it's very it, white it, right it, it, not the fact that it was not the white part but just i don't know the the, the political angle and the son being who he was. I like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. But I even I didn't understand the whole po- I was too young, maybe. Well, I I think that it, the 80s was a time when everybody wanted uh excess. You know, you everybody was going out to become a and and I yeah. I don't want to trace steps here going back too far, but I really think that's a turning point too in America where everybody wants to be rich. Right. I mean, you used to want to do a job. You know, I bet if you ask kids today, young kids, uh, what do they want to be? It used to be when I was growing up, you wanted to be a fireman or a policeman. I mean, that was kind of the right. thing that as a kid, you, I want to help people. I want right. to. Do, I don't think that that probably comes up like that anymore. Even probably to little kids. not. And, and especially with maybe not firemen, but how policemen are now viewed. Well, policemen, that's a whole different thing because it shows the different. Bobby, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want a job where I can kick around niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to be a, a corrections officer? No, you want to be sergeant of police. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that that. But it's different. I mean, that was a time where you know <laughs> BMW was a BMW became a label. Ralph Lauren. You know, there wasn't. Think about this before the eighties. And I, I, you grew up. That's when you're really growing up, right? You're like yes. you're a young man. We didn't have Ralph Lauren when I was a little kid. We didn't have polo shirts. We didn't spend 30. I mean, I'll never forget this. So that shirt right. was $30. We spent like right. $3 for a shirt. Dude, back in the 80s, my school budget for clothes for the year was $100. Yeah. But you could get a pair of jeans, some sneakers, and a few shirts. Yeah. For $100. Yeah, you could do all right for the $100. Now socks are $100. Dude, those polo shirts are $90. So... But back then, even that polo shirt I remember was thirty dollars, and I thought thirty thirty to forty five dollars for a shirt for, right. for those polo shirts, depending on the colors and how they were. Dude, that was a lot of fucking money. But that was the direction that we were heading, and this right. and this is how we're, where we are right now. Everybody, and, and that has a lot to do with uh, MTV and cable television in, in general. Everybody started to know. Everybody started to see. Everybody, you know, right. you see famous people now and you, you didn't see them on the television show. You saw them walking down the street and they're wearing. Right. And you want. What, what, what you said. What's it? So Polo, right? Polo. And then there's Lacoste, which was the I alligator. Was thinking, I thought that was La Tigra. No, there was La Tigra. That was the oh, tiger. Okay. That was the tiger. Ah, that was what. I thought La Tigra was the alligator. No, that's Lacoste. And at the time it was called Izod. 
Because I <laughs> those were all the shirts that the white boys from the polo team yeah. wore who lived off their dad's yeah. money and could depend on their father's money to get them out of rape cases. And that's when that whole preppy thing right. moved into the regular norm right. of society where everybody wanted to dress up right, and drive a BMW and be somebody. Right. Uh, I got to mention this show for me. This is, and then we're, we're going to get out of here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really enjoying yeah, this. No, this, this, is, this is always fun. Um, show me that smile. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. Growing pains, dude. I told you she was my first white mom rub one out fantasy. Jonah Kearns, man. Jonah fucking Kearns was the hottest white mom on television. With that there. 80s hair and that whole... That 80s blonde hair and skin was milky white and... but it was, I, I wasn't a fan of that show. No! I, I think I was just a little too old. It, it missed me. Oh. It just missed me. I saw some of the episodes. They were fine. But it just missed me because I was starting to do different things. And dude, I thought for what my age was, Mike Seaver, Kirk Cameron, was the coolest dude. He was Bart Simpson if Bart Simpson <laughs> was, was a teenager. Yeah. But then he grew up to be a douche. Well. Of an overly top religious fanatic douche. But that comes from, dude, this is full circle. We're going to full circle on this. That comes from the industry. The, when the industry beats you up and takes what you have. But he was one of them charming white guys who, you know, let's be honest, white guy, yeah. good looking. Unless you fuck it up, you got it made. But what happened to him that he went all the way over to that side, to the religious side? What happened to him? Because you're saying, yeah, you're the white guy, you're the good looking guy. We just saw what happened at Nickelodeon recently. What happened to him? I'm not saying know. anything bad happened to him. Right. I'm just but saying, something may have happened to him. Why do you? Why do you need? I, I'm not saying that you. The people don't find the Lord on their own. What makes you pull a Barry Sanders, a head scratcher, a, a, a moment where you go, you got the world by the balls? What are you doing? Why are you quitting? Why are you pulling a Chris Tucker? What happened? I'm not saying anything did. I'm just saying it's it, like you just brought that up. He had everything. What What makes you go? Yeah, I need to do this differently. I'm not saying it's anything. I'm just saying you have to ask that question. And the thing that was good about him, even though he was he was a cute guy, like he was that cute guy on TV. Right. But he was approachable. Like he was a guy that we could all be. Right. You know, he wasn't like the the good. He wasn't square jawed Brad Pitt. No, uh, like, no, he he was a goofy but cute goofy. Yeah, and that's what everybody can be. Right. You know, so that's why he was so likable in that character. Right. He was, so, I, I just, you know, again, I was younger. So it was like if he was in middle school as on that show, I was in elementary. And you know how the little kid looks up to the bigger brother, yeah. the cooler brother. The way he, he was just, he was Bart Simpson, but as a teenager, he was slick, quick, you know, kind of, Cute, cute for what he was, you know. The yeah. Got all the girls. Yeah, he was that dude. He was the Fonz. He had personality. Yeah, and then I'm like, damn, nigga, you. Yeah. Wow. What happened? But here, I have one quick question though for you on this too. When, when, 
were you allowed as a black guy to be a goofy black guy? When did that, when were you allowed to be a little bit goofier? When, what, what like movie or presence was a kid, was a kid in play? No, because nobody in there was goofy though. They were were cool. Kid was a little goofy. No, when you think goofy black guy, I'm thinking, uh, you know, yes, but that wasn't cool to anybody. Right. But the niggas existed. Yeah. But not that, not that far. No, they was there. <laughs> they was there. We just, the niggas was kept in places where there was no company. But when would, uh, when, I was thinking Kid and Play all the way is, because that's a long time. I wouldn't when, say them because even though Kid was the, he wasn't as cool as Play, yeah. he was still cool. Yeah. He was still cool. But he still had like, a, he had a, nah. he had a little goofy vibe about it. You know who was goofy to me? Cockroach. In comparison to Malcolm Jamal Warner. Yeah. Cockroach to me was the the goofy. He wasn't Urkel goofy, but he wasn't Theo cool. No, you're okay. All right. I, when you say black guys allowed to be goofy, I think Urkel is the creme de la creme. Well, and I when I say goofy, I'm not talking about I, I just mean like like Kirk Cameron kind of like a, right. little, a little odder, not not necessarily the uh I, I don't I know. I thought that was cockroach. Yeah, okay. I thought that was what year was that? 80s. 80s. That's that's okay. Let's go 90s. Uh Carlton Banks. Okay, Carlton. Yeah. 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 And comparison, Will was the dude. Dude was cool. The, the, yeah. Right. The difference between being a, a little off center and, and and having and and Will was Will Smith the introduction then kind of of the swag that the black dude was swag that was still. Yes. Because before him, the black dude who was supposed to have swag but was goofy, but Pardon me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Was too unattractive. You to be cool. You got to be a certain amount of attractive. Jimmy Walker is JJ. It that just, was yeah, just, okay. There was good. There was a little goofy. It was that. goofy. Yeah, but he was supposed to be like Kirk Cameron and the brother that's older. That's yeah. But when you that unattractive nigga, it, it it you can't can't have cool. Will Smith was good looking, tall, lean, funny. Yeah. Like as funny as Martin was, and I know Martin, Martin was 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 black royalty in television homes, black homes. Martin, it always killed me, and I, 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 Martin respect. But like when he did the movie A Thin Line with Between Love and Hate, he's trying to play this romantic, smooth, debonair nigga. Nigga, look at your ears, your ears, nigga. But and your Smith- features are pointy, and and your eyes are beady. You're not that smooth nigga. You're not the suave nigga. That's why in Bad Boys, Will Smith worked as Mark Mike Lowry running down the street with his with his shirt open and his chest and his pecs flexing. That worked. He became a sex symbol after that scene. Martin is a goofy looking nigga, man. Martin is a goofy looking nigga. Him and Eddie Griffin are goofy looking. That's why when them niggas try to play debonair, I'm going, oh, please stop it. Okay. But you don't think Eddie Griffin has something that's cooler, uh, some cool to him, though? (sighs) From a comedian standpoint, yes, because funny niggas are cool. That's an aphrodisiac to a woman. But he has he has a different (sighs) attitude, though. There's an attitude that goes along. I don't give a fuck how much attitude you got, nigga. When you look like Rat Tatooie. No, I'm not buying it. 
There's a reason why Billy D. Williams is oohed and odd by the hoes. Denzel, Boris Kojo, Tay Diggs, LL. Them niggas are good looking. Suave. Like I look at some of the movies with Eddie and Martin, I go, nigga, if you in real life would not get that bitch in that movie, it, you are getting that bitch because it's in the script and because it's acting. In real life, if you weren't Martin the comedian, Eddie Griffin the comedian, man, you're not bagging them bitches in the movies you get. You're not bagging them. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, yo. And let me, you know, let me say that again. I could be wrong because, listen, funny is money and funny is sexy to women. And if you're funny and strong enough, so I might be, fuck it. I might be contradicting myself. No, let me go back. If you're not funny and you're those guys, good luck. But if you're funny and your funny game is strong, you could bag a bad bitch. You could bag a bad bitch. Because Patrice would tell you all day, me naked is a mess. I, and Patrice's girl was dope. And he go, sometimes shit fuck me and I'd be like, this bitch is fucking me. I'm a mess naked. But Patrice was a pound of pure yayo, nigga. His comedy was pure coca, uncut. And that women, some women, they love that high. So, and that's how I get pussy. <laughs> this is where we're going to be, man. Uh, September, ladies and gentlemen, the second through the fifth, we're going to be at the Raleigh Improv in, it's not in Raleigh, it's in, where is it actually? North Carolina? Yeah, but it's in it's in some city. Cary, oh, it's in Cary, it's in Cary, that's where it is. And much respect to Eddie Griffin and Martin Lawrence. I mean, I, I'm not trying to shit on them, even though it came off that way. Uh, they're two of the greatest comics in comedy. Uh, Dude, you knew when, when you saw uh, uh, Martin in, uh, what was the movie we were just talking about? Thin Line Between Love No, 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 the comedy. Bad Boys. No, the comedy that I was talking about, uh, House Party. House Party, yeah. You knew he was going to be somebody, and he wasn't even the. He wasn't even. Yeah, he was a care. funny motherfucker. He's a bad, I told you, I love Martin in movies. Yeah, in movies, Martin is the shit. I and I know this is blasphemous for me to say this. The Martin Show did not do for me what it did for every other black person in America. That wasn't gospel to me. Sometimes I thought he overdid it. Sometimes I thought it was too much. Sometimes flat out ridiculous. It didn't do for me that show. But art is subjective, so I'm entitled to that. All right. Did you, did you make amends with all yes. your uh, all your all your other comics yes. out there? Okay. Yes. Raleigh uh, Improv. It's really in Cary, but it's Raleigh Improv, and we'll be out there at the second through the fifth. Then we're going to be in Hartford, Connecticut, at the Funny Bone, the tenth through the twelfth, and follow that up the next week. We're going to be in Brea Improv, out in California, because California is kind of open, the seventeenth through the nineteenth. The seventh, what? Seventeenth through the nineteenth. Oh, what you said, seventeenth. See, sometimes I just you, yeah, yeah, man, your tongue is racing past your teeth. Yeah, seventeenth through the nineteenth, and then uh, the last week that we're performing uh, that month, we're going to be at the uh, Helium in Indianapolis, and that's twenty third to the twenty sixth. And for the record, listen, like I said, man, you think I'm bullshitting? Go back and YouTube season five Mad TV intro before I let myself go. I was a sexy, handsome, incredible motherfucker. 
I did some, I put up Wilt Chamberlain numbers, nigga, in the 90s. I was a bad motherfucker, yo. Now, the weight and the accident and the dark circles under my eyes, you know, I done kind of, you know, got away from the wagon. But I'm going to get back up on that bitch. And when I do, Hiroshima, nigga, for everybody. And I'm, let some bitches tell it, I'm sexy now with the belly and with the imperfections because my swag and my comedy game is so chichi, get the yayo. I'm cocaine on the floor. You don't leave me there. You pick me up. Bad motherfucker, yo. Wait till I get back on my motherfucking game. Woo! All right. Are we, at, are we done? I think we're done. Who, who, right. who's, our, who's, our, who's our musical guest tonight, uh, Aries? Yes. Who is the music? Um, incidentally, um, I'll tell you about that off there. Um, please kill all this dead time, Steve. Because uh, I'm looking for this. Um, okay. This is uh, <clears throat> Serge Gustave. Uh, sir, the song is called Hypnotize. Uh, this is by Serge Gustav. Uh, Instagram is at R E A L N A M E S E R G E. That's real name Serge. That's the only handle he gave me. And this is called Hypnotize. Hopefully, he hypnotizes you, motherfuckers, into supporting this shit. I'm Serge. Why do you say it like that? It's Serge. And cover this up. This looks all this all kind of brush. No, I'm serious. It's a very important piece. With a little lemon twist? With a little lemon twist. Yes, don't be ridiculous. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys uh, in about 24 hours. Oh. So they like, what the fuck is he on? Bitch, you a peon. Compare my songs and I'm peon. This might be long. Here's a pillow to put your knees on. Smooth like Leon. Parents can't create it, so the blood can't be on. Cool like Freon. Yeah, I know you got a song that you want, Leon. You could be as dope. Just give it a couple eons. Chose priority on Uber Eats. Fuck the taxes. Track the order status. As I smoke the cabbage. They ain't sleeping on you when you rapping. You just average. And she ain't talking flights when she say she got some baggage. Damn. Or maybe she ain't have a fucking daddy. Told her I could be that shit, just in the eddy. Put my kids on the titties, cause my bitch is like it nasty. Then we took a selfie with the caption, chilling with the family. If this the rap game, then the settings on easy. How I like the settings on my women? Let me see, see. Waist on teeny, ass on squeeze me. Coochie making BG in the sheets, where she freaky. When it come to other niggas, attitude meany. Cause she loyal, so it's easy, but in general... That's how I get pussy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>